Hi, my name is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Before we start with the podcast, I have a few things that I'd like to mention. The first is that we've set up a special email address where listeners of our podcast can send in questions related to Agile, Agile transformation, basically anything about Agile at all. Just send your question to soundnotes at leadingagile.com. You can send it in text form, you can send a WAV file or any kind of audio recording of yourself asking the question, even video would be okay. What we're going to do is take the questions that we get, and in a future podcast, I will be joined by a few of our enterprise transformation consultants. We'll talk about your question, we'll talk about some possible solutions, some ideas, some things you might try when you get back to work, so that if you've got something that's going well, you can make it go better, and if you've got something that's not going well, we'll give you some suggestions or strategies for things you might try to change to make it go a little more smoothly. So again, any question about Agile or Agile transformation, just send it to soundnotes at leadingagile.com. You can send it as text, you can send it as an audio file, or you can send video, whatever's easier for you. We just like to get a lot of questions from our listeners so we can start to incorporate that into the podcast that we've been doing. Again, soundnotes at leadingagile.com. The second thing I want to mention is we've set up a special discount code for podcast listeners who are interested in taking one of our CSM or CSPO classes. You can find a list of all our upcoming classes by going to leadingagile.com training. We're currently doing classes in Atlanta, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., and San Jose. So just go to leadingagile.com training, find a class you'd like to take, and enter the discount code SOUNDNOTES to receive 10% off the list price. Now, onto the podcast. Hi, welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. My name is Dave Pryor. We've got a very special set of interviews coming, and these are all about some work that we're doing with IHG. So Russ Pena, who is a transformation consultant and agile coach working for Leading Agile, he's here, as well as Danielle Huang, who uh, works for IHG as a project manager slash scrum master. So guys, thank you very much for taking time out of the day. Yeah, no problem. Glad glad to do it. Thank you. It's a privilege. So I'm, I'm glad that you're here. So you guys are doing something that I'm really psyched about having this conversation or this set of conversations, because what you're doing is you're using Agile completely out of the context of technology. That's right. So can this, you can you talk a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. This is a very different engagement for leading Agile and for myself. Um, this is non-technology, non-software. It's completely bringing business agility into a business marketing environment, uh, and and uh, but still sticking with the, the 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 higher level tenants that we're bringing transparency, accountability, and measurable progress with principles of scrum and, and, uh, the typical agile that you would, that you would find, uh, in, in a technology environment. Um, this is not an, an IT, not a software development project. Uh, we are, um, basically trying to, uh, redesign the guest rooms for the holiday brand. So it involves, uh, Talents from our architect and design depart, uh, department. That's right. Yeah. So, so pause there for one second. When you say architect and design, you're talking about an actual physical building architect and a actual designer like for a room, right? That, that is correct. Interior okay. designer. Interior designer and a, a physical building architecture group. Right. So we have a lot of creative people here. So That's this right. is a design, uh, design project. For hotels. Okay. Yeah, specifically for hotels. IHG is the Intercontinental Hotel Group. 
and uh, they own a number of brands, Holiday Inn, Holiday Inn Express, Crown Plaza, uh, Candlewood, Staybridge, Staybridge, Intercontinental, even hotels, even. So a bunch of properties and you guys are redesigning like uh, one particular type, one chain's rooms. Is that right? Or one whole chain? Like Yeah. So this, the, the, the organization is really grouped in pillars by brand. And in this case, it's the Holiday Inn uh, redesign, a rebranding, if you will, for for hotels that are franchised and or new builds. And these hotels uh, that are franchised, they undergo what's what's called a property improvement process. And throughout that process, the components of it would be to update the hotel from the previous design to this new design that we're that we're creating in the room. So if I'm if I'm starting a new hotel or I've decided that I want to kind of revamp what's going on in my hotel, you guys have um, options that I can choose from, and I'm assuming based on what I see in the hotels when I'm traveling that this is probably geared more towards a more natural look in the room, like maybe wood floors and more earthy tones, something that kind of like it all kind of keyed off that. I think it was Elemental was a hotel chain when they started to have those rooms, like everybody else started to follow something that was maybe appealing to the same customer base. Is that kind of. Well, I would say, I would say this, the, um, it's not a decision that the owners get to make. This is, this is a, a, a program which is mandated so that if you go through the, the improvement process, part of that process is to, uh, embrace it. Yeah, you you have to opt in. But it's what's wonderful about it is we take all the legwork out of out of the normal process. So the procurement process uh, is 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 all built in. So you know the finishes and and case goods and all of that kind of stuff is 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 already. And we make it easy. Yeah, for, turnkey solution. It's a so, turnkey solution, yeah. and it is a and the great thing about this. Um, and, and again, this is the, all of this is part of our process is, is the value engineering that takes place to lower the cost per key. And that what that means is the physical implementation of every single room has a cost associated with it. We call it cost per key. Okay. We value engineer these, these products so that we can get the cost down as low as possible, but maintain a level of quality. So, so before we go on, I want to stick on this for a second, because you said that it's turnkey for like the hotel, whoever's owning that particular hotel. But I would imagine that the complexity of selecting all these materials and making sure that you're going to have suppliers and that you can get them to the people that are going to build the thing out. I mean, that is, I mean, from what little I know about it, I would assume that's about as complex as a massive software implementation project. You've got all different vendors and all different sources of materials. You've got to get all that stuff to the right people who can do the right thing. I mean, that's pretty complex, right? I would say it's far more complex than any technology project I've worked on. And and when I tell you this, Dave, you, you take for granted when you walk into a hotel room and put your bag down and turn on the TV and kick back on the bed for, you know, because you've had a long plane ride, you have no idea the amount of hours and resources it takes for that one room to come to life. <laughs> I'm <laughs> thinking of all the times I want to complain. Now I'll be able to say, do you know how many hours people have put into making this room right? Why can't you have that thing not be broken? 
And I can't go into a hotel room. For instance, I, I recently stayed a couple of weeks ago in a hotel room, and the USB port that was next to the bed had been added later, but the green light that indicated that it was on was facing the bed. So all night long, that that, that bright green light, those are the kinds of things. That's a design issue. That's a design issue. Those are the kinds of things yeah. that we're thinking about in the room. Yeah. Or, or the clocks with the old iPod connector that nobody can use anymore. That's right. Right. And, and, and Dave, you mentioned if something's broken, the lamp is not working, or light bulb is out, that's not a design problem. That's an operation problem, that's right. right? They're supposed yeah. to maintain all, all the furniture and equipment in the room. So okay. it's different. Yeah. So, yeah. There are different issues that we deal with. But when you're selecting the materials and designing the room, you've got to keep that in mind as well, is that you don't want to put a fixture in there that if that breaks, it's going to be really complicated to replace or get out of the wall or whatever. You want something that is pretty plug and play for that operator to be able to fix the room when it's broken. Yeah, absolutely. You're right on. It's got to be durable. Okay. And we build durability into the design process. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I thought... you know, one of the one of my first days here, you know, here's a technology guy that's been dropped into this and we're scuffing laminate samples with our shoes to make sure that, you know, and I'm like, where am I? <laughs> and that sounds to me like your own personal heaven. Right. Oh, I, I, <laughs> listen, this initiative is heaven to me. I'm an armchair interior designer anyway. So for me to be in the rooms and looking at renderings and, and actually physically working on color boards and seeing the design evolve into something that is really meaningful, not for just the hotel owners, but also building in the guest experience. It's just a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal place for me to work. Cool. So, so Daniela, what's the hardest aspect of this from an agile perspective? I'm assuming you've done this kind of work in a traditional model in the past, right? I, yeah, I I am a certified PMP. Um, so traditional waterfall. Yeah, we approach things in the back. This is actually my official, very first agile project. So what's the hardest part for you transitioning from from the old way to the new way? Um, it, it's in. The, I I say it's hard to get some executive buy-in. Certain executives, it's hard. Because when people hear the word Agile or Scrum, people's first reaction is always, oh, it's IT, it's technology. This is not appropriate or or applicable to to our project because we're not. This is a design project. This is a business project. Yeah. This is a brand project. So They have a hard time getting their arms around. How are you going to fold in an agile methodology that's, that's a typified thing that you would do in a technology environment. How are you going to do that in a business environment? Yeah. Well, so how did you come to the decision to, to pursue agile with this project? I have been following the uh, agile movement. I'd say probably 2009. Um, So I went to, I went to a bunch of PMI agile meetings or Atlanta Scrum user group. I would anywhere if there was a, if there's a free web meeting or, or seminar, I would always go because I just find it fascinating. Um, and that's where I came across uh, Mike Kottmeyer, the, uh, the CEO and founder of Legion Agile. That's right. So last year, um, we, ha- we have this new VP uh, over Holiday Inn, and um, 
So I've been talking to him, and, and I'm not shy. I'm very open about my, my love and passion for Agile. I think, I think it just worked. It, it, it makes sense to me. So I've been having conversation with, with Mr. Eric Land. Um, so I've been talking, and then um, one day, out of the blue, he just asked me, he said, hey, do you think we can do things differently, approach the project differently? I said, he said, do you think we can do Agile on this project? I said, absolutely. First, we, we had this level set meeting. So when Eric Land approached me, so he said that, hey, we want to do a, a, a level set on this project. And knowing that we do have some issues and challenges. So that's, that's when I reach out to, to Mike Kottmeyer and say, hey, you know, we want to do something different. Can you come in and facilitate um, a, a two-day meeting? And he said, yeah, we'll talk, you know, and then... And then he made me, he said, I was available. He came in and facilitated one. It ended up, you know, just one day. During that one day, I think at the end of the day, he, he, under, he listened to everybody. There were so many people in the room, you know, just facilitating a, a wonderful conversation. Um, the prescription that he gave us is that, hey, you know, let's not do agile. Well, I can teach you how to do scrum, right? right? Anytime. But that's not what you need right now. You guys as a team need to sit down and talk, communicate. So he actually, you know, if, if, he, if he was a doctor, I can picture him just pull up his head <laughs> and, and wrote us some prescription. He said, no, let's not talk about Scrum, Agile, Kanban, nothing. Just I'm going to ask you guys, get together as a team. So first of all, we define what the core team is. You know, we, we pull all the, the team leads from different, different, different work streams. So, so he said, we create a team structure, a core team. He said, basically, he said, you guys need a decision clearance house. We're going to ask this core team to come together. I'm going to ask you guys for the next three weeks, you need to talk, meet every day, at least three hours. Just communicate. And what, but what was the focus? Like communicate about what? Understanding what what are the bottlenecks right now, right? What are you not clear about? What do you need to know from each other yeah. in order to move things forward? What is our work pipeline? Right, exactly. What is what you know? What are what, how dedicated are you to the team? How it, it was it, conversations about it was it really started out with with conversations kind of like kind of really they were really venting sessions. People yes. kind of vented. And said, "I'm not happy with this, and I don't have transparency into that." I think one of the reasons he, he why he gave us that 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 prescription is because during that one day, there were some moments we just burst out laughing because when he asked questions, people would like give him give him answers that are totally bipolar, opposite of each other. Then we look at each other. Oh no! No wonder, duh! No yeah. wonder, no wonder <laughs> things are falling apart because you said something, the other person's. In, in their mind, they're thinking of something totally different. It's funny how sometimes an out, it takes an outsider to be able to help you recognize that too. Absolutely, it would. It was just that one day. I, I cannot, you know. I think it's that moment, and we realize, oh, oh my God, we need to talk. We really need to align. Yep. Okay, so you guys have all these conversations, right. and then what was the outcome of that? I mean, obviously, you, I'm assuming that you get to a point where there is a sort of level set as to what our issues are, you know, what we think might work in terms of working together. I'm guessing you decided you wanted to give Agile a shot. Um, in terms of the spirit overall with the people involved, was there any kind of like healing or like, I mean, were you guys feeling better about working together and all that? 
Yes, and safer. I mean, you know, in, working in, in, in a large corporation, sometimes you, you just need to be cautious and, you know, you need to be politically correct and you don't really speak your mind. We're, right, we're in meetings all day long, but, but not effective, right? Because you, you cannot be straightforward about things. So that, that, three, that three weeks, we meet every day, three hours, we have lunch together, and then we were basically, we were basically locked down in the war room, right? In, in an, so so how many people are there? About five, six, nine, We were five, co-located. Six. So it's like breakfast club, basically. It's absolutely, it was like the breakfast club. Right. Okay. And then it's very safe. I mean, honestly, in the beginning, there were many uncomfortable moments because... You know, it's like you, you spend so much time and like, it, it, and you, 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 you turn off your, 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 your phone. You, you're not, you were, you, you cannot look at your laptop. You just talk face to face talk. So okay. who were the five roles that you had in the room again? During that initial three weeks, we have, uh, we have the brand VP, the holiday VP. Okay. He, he was, he was very generous. He blocked his calendar. He came every single day. And he was our executive. He was our executive. He was our executive sponsor, one of our sponsors, but he was, he's, he said, this project is very important. And you are the very first to, to, to test. We want to test you. You know, we want to test agile on this project. So he came every day and we also have a, uh, we also have a brand director and we had the, uh, director from our procurement department uh for director from uh the pip team pip stands for property improvement plan and then we also have a director from uh plan review which is what they review the uh the design and floor plan plan submittals from hotels so they're like qa in a way, yeah. they are. In a like way, QA. they are. Yes, they're like QA, and they make sure that the implementation of the the hotel room or public area is implemented to the specificity of the specs. Okay. Um, so, that, so it's those. Those are the five plus you. Yes, plus you from from PMO. I'm the project manager. Okay. Now, who? How do you decide who's going to be the product owner, who's going to be the scrum master? Or do you even decide that at this point? Or is this just like you're just talking for three weeks and then you decide you want to try to do agile to see what happens and then you go from there? Like how does it how does it organically go from we're gonna talk every day for three hours to we're doing an agile project? Right. I think I think in terms of scrum master or project manager naturally because I'm, I, I have been the project manager over this project. So I'm assuming that role. And in terms of product owner, I think, I think in my mind, I, I always believe the, the brand should own the product. Oh, initially during that three week, we also have a design director, a director from the design team. But later on due to uh, restructure, uh, we end up having the brand director assuming a dual role. So she oversees the brand. She also oversees the design work stream. Yep. And we'll be interviewing Rebecca right. Williamson as well. So naturally, it's very, I, I think it just makes so much sense for, for that person to become the product owner because the brand owns the vision, right? They, they, they owns what makes Holiday Inn unique, so you so you said that you became 
and I, would, I just want to come back to this for a second. You said as the project manager, you, you sort of indicated that that becoming the scrum master was like the natural transition for you. Um, and I sort of want to ask about that because I've seen lots of PMs that make, the, especially PMPs that are great at making that transition. And some, including myself, that it's like a complete train wreck for a really long time. Um, how was that? How has that transition been for you of going from being a more waterfall focused PM to being somebody whose job is to show up and work for the product owner and the team. Like you have no authority, you have no control. You just are there for other people. It's actually liberating. Cause I, in my, it's, it's in my mind, agile always makes sense to me. I'm. And also last year when, when, when the brand VP Eric Land approached me on, you know, he wants to test, the agile methodology, I, I, I said yes, but I need a little bit um, more education so I feel more comfortable. So I have something under my belt. So I asked him, you know, can can I go for a Scrum Master training? I mean, I, I, I went to some, you know, freebie yeah. one-day seminar, and I read a lot of books on, on, on agile Scrum, but I just want to get that two-day classroom experience. So he said, yes, go ahead and, and, and let's try it. Let's do it. So after that two-day, so I did, do the two-day uh, CSM course, and I took the, took, took the exam um, from Agile, uh, sorry, Scrum Alliance. Mm-hmm. So I, then I became a certified yeah. uh, Scrum Master. The transition was just very easy for me. I, I think okay. it makes sense. Well, I, I, I want to I sort of piggyback off that, off that question and statement from Daniela, because as, as a coach in the room and as, a, as an observer and a facilitator, uh, really since November of last year, and we're into this five months now. Uh, Daniela is a natural, she's a natural servant leader. Okay, she, so she was already, I think, because that to me is the thing, like you are a servant leader or you aren't. And if you are, the transition's generally not that bad. If you aren't, it can be horribly disfiguring for a while. Daniela does not lead this team. And and, and in many ways, she's a leader of this team. Uh, Even though product owns the product, Daniela is a, is a, is the front of the room leader. And she's a very much a servant leader. She doesn't lead by command. And she's also very, very focused on on, on helping teams remove obstacles. And those two things it's it's like one plus one equals two, right? It just it just mathematically works, yeah. and I think that's why Daniela's been. She's just it's it's just in her nature. All right, so Daniela, are there things that you have found um, in the pra- or or Russ, either one of you, in, in the practice of implementing Agile in this non software context? Are there things that you had to add or, or new things that you had to introduce to make it work for what the type of work that you're doing? Yeah, we added office hours, right? Yep. After our daily stand-up, we, because uh, we're, we're co-located in the room as we're, as we're doing our stand-ups. It's actually, we, our war room or our, our team room is, is uh, Rebecca's office. Yes, it's so our people, partner owner's office. People go out after that to, to their own offices. And so what we did is, is if we implemented this notion of office hours and it's the next, it's actually another 15 minutes where we resolve impediments and, and talk about anything that we couldn't get too deep into uh, during this, during the uh, daily standup. 
So it's time boxed as well. That's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, it's time boxed as well. And it, uh, if we don't need it, we don't use it. So, you know, normal people would say, well, you're just really having a half an hour stand up. And I'd say, no. <laughs> I think if you officially, I mean, that I always encourage people like, to officially start and end the stand up. And then if you want to stand around and do whatever, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I say, let's take this offline immediately following this. Daniela and Russ will get together and we'll, we'll talk about what our impediment is. Everyone else can go. Yeah. And so it, we do this during what's called office hours so that the product owner is present and understands how we're going to resolve the issue. So, so that's a really big, that's an awesome solution to that. So the PO can't talk during the standup or probably isn't talking unless they're giving some kind of update, but they know that they're going to have a chance to as soon as the regular standup is over. Yep. That's right which must make them be less like ready to explode having to say the thing that they have to say <laughs> because now they're going to have a chance. Well, here's here's where we're also slightly different. Okay. Rebecca the as the product owner is also on point. You think about the product owner in technology where they're 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 they've got these doers at the team level that are off coding and testing and sure. iterating on software. Well, Rebecca's a piece of our puzzle. So she has activities that she's responsible for. A lot of it's review and approve, but we break things down to that level in terms of time. So your PO is taking tasks then? Our oh, PO yeah. is taking tasks, and every day during the stand-up, she's getting accountable for what she got to done. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I, if that's working, and I, that's that's an awesome thing. So, so she's still able to serve in that capacity, even though other members of the team may be coming to her with questions about requirements and things like that. Absolutely. Yep. And is she accepting work as complete during the course of a sprint? Yes. Yeah. Cool. That's really that's that's great that you guys have done that. If people want to, if people are going to try to get started on this path, um. Do you have any advice for them? Like if, if they're in a traditional organization, they're not working with software, they're listening to this interview because they want to figure out or get some ideas for how to approach Agile, what advice would you give them? I would say my advice would be to, you're, you're going to really have to think outside of the box. Somebody like me that comes, you know, from a technology background, uh, implementing implementing agile in, in, in or, or portfolio management in, in the traditional technology arena, you're gonna you're gonna have to break down walls and think very differently and be open, very very open to just getting to the essence of 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 teams delivering value in in different ways than than what maybe what may be seen as, as, uh, as, as prescriptive in a typical agile methodology. Okay. I agree. What about you? I, concur. I, I believe so. You know, if you just follow the rules to the T, it does not make you a good project manager or scrum master. Right. Yeah. If well, we observe, if we had to do everything that, you know, if we had to do everything that, that the typical agile project needs needed to do, you know, like story points, for it instance, just wouldn't, it just it doesn't, doesn't work. work. You, yeah. you look at the face, the deer, you know, facing the head on the head. What, what's that? That deer in the headlight. Deer, head, deer in the headlight. Yeah. It doesn't work for people. They, they, they don't get it. So why do you have to push that thing down their throat? 
Hey, hours, everybody get it. You know, what do you think this is going to take? Two hours? This task? We're not even talking about user stories. Well, and, and what's interesting about it's that is, is at my last client, we implemented, you know, I, I formed teams and we implemented a portfolio management structure and we got these software teams to, you know, I, 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 I educated them on how to size using Fibonacci. And I said, don't think of it as in hours. Think of it as a relative size. So, so it's so different, Dave. You just, you, you know, this, it's, it's the, the environment that, that this is, is just fundamentally different. Yeah. Well, it sounds really cool. Um, and I appreciate you guys talking to me about this. So we're going to do a couple of different inter- additional interviews on this topic um, because I think it is a really important thing to explore how how Agile is able to help with work outside of the context of IT. But if people want to find out more or get in touch with you guys about the work that you're doing and have questions about how you've implemented it or or whatever, what's the best way for them to reach you? They can reach me at my email address, which is russ.pena at leadingagile.com. Or you can go to my Twitter account where my username is Russ Pena. And people uh, can reach me at my email address, Daniela, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-A dot Huang, H-U-A-N-G at I-H-G dot com. Cool. Thank you guys very much for doing this. This was a really cool conversation. Um, and, and, I, and I really appreciate the fact that you're willing to share about how you're using this stuff outside of IT. This was, this was awesome. So Terribly excited about it here. So thank you, Dave, for the opportunity. Oh, thanks. So, and I'll talk to you guys again soon because we're going to do a couple more of these. That's right. Cool. Thanks. 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 Okay.